As Sean McConnell, Lord, it's going to rain. Kicking things off for us on Campfire Conversations, episode number 33. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here. This is that bonus content that we try to put out as frequently as possible. We've got a great predator hunting conversation to get into today with the three founding members of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Jeremy Harrison, Todd Schwartz, and Quentin Hollick will join us as uh, this is the biggest predator hunting contest on the planet. They've paid out literally millions of dollars in prize money throughout the uh, tournaments. I think it's been around for like 15 years, but I'm sure they have the exact time frame. They can shed some light on all that good stuff for us during our chat. Uh, I met Jeremy in Austin back in August when we were both speaking out against the anti-hunting group the wolf in sheep's clothing, known as Texans from Outlions. Uh, so immediately <laughs> we hit things off, and him and Todd were on the show, I think, subsequently soon thereafter. Uh, but Quentin hasn't been on before, so thrilled to have him join today's conversation. Guys, thanks so much for being here. It's great to visit with you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, so any rumblings from the uh, fake pro-hunting organization known as Texans for Mountain Lions, which is where we all kind of got hooked up back in August. Yeah. No, you know what? It's, it's kind of scary. I haven't heard anything from them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you always wonder if you if uh, something's quiet. It's kind of like kids, you know. I don't go looking for my kids until somebody's quiet, and they're probably building a campfire on their bedroom floor or something. So that's when I'm kind of yeah. concerned about these people. I don't know what they've got going, but hopefully yeah. nothing. But you just, uh, no, we haven't heard anything this year at all. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't either. Uh, I'm, I'm damn sure looking. So uh, they're planning something like we talked about. They're well-funded and well-organized, oh, which yeah. is which is why they are, you know, a significant threat because exactly. they have a lot of money. Uh, but uh, no, Pam Hart didn't show up to protest the recent weigh-in. No, no, we haven't had much problem out of them. We've moved all of our weigh-in stuff to private property and uh, you can't see what's going on from the gate and it's a private event and, that's worked out really good for us in the, in the past when it was at a public venue, it was, uh, uh, a little bit, uh, hair raising there for a little while, but, um, we got away from that and it's been, it's been good for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, she is one of the founding board members of, uh, Texans from outlines and has tried to get you guys shut down, but Hey, no, they're, they're pro hunting for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pro -hunting, pro -hunting. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, and I, you know what, I've had a lot of fun exposing them. Uh, just like it's, the things that they have on, on like on their goals and their, and their, their mandates, like who are they to mandate Jack yeah, shit man. to Texas parks and wildlife, but here they are with all their mandates. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just as stupid as the state of Colorado letting the population vote to reintroduce wolves. I mean, yeah. Who, who are they to have any say in that? Why do we have biologists? What's the point? Yeah. One end you have landowners trying to make a living and another end you've got, you know, the guy living in downtown Denver in a freaking one bedroom efficiency apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. He has no well, skin. Here's the, 
Here's oh. the best part. So Colorado Parks Wildlife has released the draft of their management plan. So, okay, the wolves are coming. It's beating a dead horse to talk about that, whether that was right or wrong at this point. It doesn't matter. They're coming. So now what do we do with the management plan? Well, the same groups that are responsible for getting this vote passed, uh, um, Wild Earth Guardians, Defenders for Wildlife, Sierra Club, they're all now pissed off and trying to prevent the current plan that has been proposed from passing because it includes after so after they reach 150 wolves for two years then they'll open up you know a regulated season with strict quotas um but they don't want that included and they also are bitching about the fact that it calls for reimbursement to ranchers who lose livestock so they want to take they're taking a shot at hunting right like okay the wolves are going to go unregulated do their thing wipe out the elk so then we we've got hunting taken care of oh and by the way we don't like ranching either so let's stick it to the ranchers and just let the wolves have their way with the livestock with no reimbursement. Okay, well, it's 100% that way. And, and in reality, these people don't like hunters, and they they don't believe in private land ownership. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. want everything to be a national park. I mean, it's oh, yeah. Just- yeah. So how was the uh, first contest of 2023? I know that, that I think that happened two weeks ago or so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, it turned out really good. So we had... Uh, the weather was really, really good. Everything turned out great. It was, uh, I'm going to read off here, 602 teams. Uh, the total payout was one, $137,960. Uh, the first place cat uh, paid out $42,040. Second place, $23,980. Third place, $17,960. Uh, fourth place, $11,940. And fifth place, along with all the jackpots, was $5,920. But what, what really blows my mind is Todd has looked this up in the past, and I just did the math on it before we sat down. But um, since 2008, when we started, that brings our total payout to $3,278,770. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and this one, this cat that won this time was 34 pounds? Uh, 32 33. to five, 33, five. We're all okay. Wait, wait, tell us. <laughs> 33 something. Yeah. 33 something. 33. Pounds. What is the biggest cat that has ever been weighed in? Two different ones, same weight, 42 pounds. One yeah. back years ago when we had not long after we started the contest, probably about 2010 or 11, it was one that we weighed. It was 42 pounds. And then again, we weighed one that was right at 42 pounds. And that was uh 2021. Hmm. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Um, they're pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that cat laid down on the ground there. I mean, we had a we caught a lot of a lot of flack because they're like, well, I got cheated or this or that. But look at that cat. I mean, you can put me in a cage and you can feed me 100% protein and you can pump me up with steroids and I might get muscled up and ready to go. But my arms are not going to grow. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get bigger. Right. I'm not going to turn into Andre the Giant, you know. And this cat laid down next to another cat that was in you know mid 30s was just a monster. Uh-huh. I'm a monster of a cat. Yeah. Well, so I, I noticed the photos at the weigh-in have changed over the years. The big piles of coyotes and foxes, we're, we're not really doing that anymore. Uh, and I imagine that just from the backlash that those get. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say you guys are pandering to the left, but that's, I mean, I don't know. It kind of seems like, well, it's not as in your face, but oh, maybe yeah. the backlash isn't worth it. Well, you know, it's just, I'll give you this example. My, my mother 
loves me to death, obviously, mm-hmm. and she's not anti-hunting, and uh, and she understands why we do what we do, and yeah, but she doesn't really appreciate seeing stuff like that. I guess it's just not. Um, there's a side to it that I don't think that everybody really wants to see and, and I'm, maybe I'm one of them. I mean, I, I understand what needs to happen, but I'm not, we're not cruel people. Yeah. And the barbaric side of it. I mean, we don't want to portray that if there's, and, and then any kind of picture like that, that, that you know, the antis get a hold of, they just use it to beat you with. Sure. And so you just try to take the stick away from them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, that makes sense. It, and I figured that was the answer is it just is, causes more headache than it's worth. Um, who or what makes a successful team in, in this tournament? Oh man. What do y'all think? Go ahead. Quentin. A lot of luck. Wow. Yeah. A lot of luck. You gotta have the land. The land is more, probably more important than just the location where, where you're hunting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's big cats everywhere, but yeah. they're concentrated in certain areas and yeah. it's to that land. Uh, equipment, equipment plays a big part, I think. But, you know, we, we started allowing thermal, what, 21, 2021? 2021 or 2020. Yeah. I can't remember what year it started, but uh, there was a big, everybody raised a lot of hell about that. But turns out it really, I mean, it, it's just personal preference. Some guys still, we still hunt with lights. We we prefer lights, and I know Jeremy uses some thermal, but more than anything, I think it's more useful for finding animals. But I mean, to answer your question, I think it, the guys that put the work in are the ones that exactly. we feed the most often. The yeah, guys yeah. that do their scouting, that have game cameras up all over the place, looking and keeping an eye on cats, they know where their cats are before they ever go hunt. So they go to certain areas, and you know. Yep, and we see teams that are consistently in the top 10, 20. And what those guys do that, that is different than what other people do is like Todd said, they scout, they'll have cameras out and then they're not just doing this the week before the contest. They're doing year this round. year yeah. round. They're looking and they're, they're, I mean, they're proactive. Um, and when they go out to hunt, they've already gone out to the land they're going to hunt and they already have everything GPS. This is where we're yeah. stopping. Next stop, next stop, next stop. There's very little wasted time. If somebody shoots something, the other guys are still up on the rack hunting, and that person will go out and pick that animal up and bring it back while they're still they're still hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're extremely efficient, and and a lot most of them, there's no question of who they're going to hunt with. They don't change team members' names right up to the last second. These guys have been hunting together since they were kids, and and they always hunt together, and so they are a well oil machine uh, well so this almost sounds like a deterrent for anybody that's new that wants to get into it <laughs> well, and every year see that's why i say well those guys are in the top 10 or top 20 yeah it doesn't matter how much you prepare it doesn't matter how great you could have the you know bobcat mountain you can hunt that whatever it doesn't matter the the fact of the matter is it's it's all chance i mean you can mm-hmm. go out i tell people this all the time if you're gonna hunt in the contest you, it's great to go out there and say, hey, we're going to win first place. But yeah. first, before you do that, the first step you got to do is we're going to qualify. We're going to qualify. Mm-hmm. If you qualify and you consistently qualify, chances are you're going to get in the money because you can't really control how big a cat you can you, you kill. I mean, that that was a kiss of death for us. Uh, 
Quentin runs large ranches uh, here north of town and has a lot of places. And um, they caught one on game camera. What was that? Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, It was a kiss of death for us. We hunted that cat for two contests straight. Never saw him. <laughs> he was yeah. like, I think he's a ghost, you know, yeah. but, um, and that can, that can play, that can be a detriment too, just because you know, one's on camera and you know, he's there and you consistently go after him and you waste a lot of time and he doesn't show up. Well, all your eggs were in one basket and that's it. Done. So where do you, because I mean, I get coyotes on my trail cameras all the time, mostly around the deer feeders, but I do have some on game trails and get coyotes very rarely. I mean, I do have pictures of bobcats, uh, but I'm not really targeting bobcats. So are you, the time that I get the most predators when I shoot a pig and drag it off and then put a camera on it. I don't yeah. know which, how, how people are scouting for bobcat Intel. Um, what is your advice there? Um, well, here in West Texas, it's pretty simple. Water. Yeah. Water hole. Yeah. They're, they got to have water and the cats, the cats a very efficient machine. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to be close to water, I would say. And so they'll put cameras at water troughs and, um, put out, you know, a scent. Um, I, you don't see too many times that they're actually out like on a food source, like say, Hey, we caught, got lucky. Quentin actually saw this deer. I'll let you tell him that story about that deer in the fence. We had just found a, a kill where it had been covered up and we knew it was a cat of some type. Mm. And, you know, we went back and just put the game cameras on it and put it in video mode and watched them for a week. And there was actually three different cats visiting that kill. Uh, mm. Big one and two smaller ones, and along with, you know, some coons and some foxes and whatnot. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that's that's what we did. We were lucky enough to find a fresh kill. Mm-hmm. So, it got hung in the fence and the cat killed or drug it out of the fence, but we yeah. didn't just it any, we just put our cameras on it and watched. Yeah. I don't yeah. think people realize uh, how efficient killers these things are. That deer got caught in a fence. So it was a, probably a very easy thing for the bobcat, but I mean, they'll kill deer. They do. There's, oh, yeah. I actually just posted a video this week of a, a mule deer in the back country. So, I don't know, 180 pound mule deer doe. And here comes a little 35 pound bobcat jumps on its back, yeah. takes it yeah. to the ground. I don't know. The video cut off. I don't know if it killed it or not, but it gave it a ride. Yeah. yeah. And it thought it could. So it probably has before. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, cable to your comment earlier about a deterrent to, to new hunter or new entrant or, you know, participants, but this January contest, out of those top five teams, I don't recognize any of those people that have won in the past, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that I, I thought of that the other day. I was like, well, that's a pretty good, you know, uh, incentive for, for people that do sign up. I know these guys have been hunting the contest for several years, so their time finally came, you know, mm-hmm. big cat. But <clears throat> I think overall the, the weight of the cats has kind of probably gone down a little bit. I don't know. That's just due to the harsh winters and stuff, but. Yeah, we actually had a girl. Um, we've had several teams that had women, you know, on the team, uh, wives, girlfriends, daughters. Um, but I told her, I think she's the first female that we've ever polygraphed. Yeah. I don't know why. It was just kind of huh. a weird deal. But, yeah. And she was like, so I set a record. I'm like, yeah, you did set a record, you know. <laughs> but, uh, she, she did really good. They, uh, what place were they? Second. Second place, huh. yeah. Oh, 23,000. That's a big joke with me when somebody wins. I'm like, hey, for 10%, I won't tell your wife. <laughs> or she's already there. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh, off the air, you know, you guys, the way that you keep 
a respectable reputation in this type of thing where, you know, it's kind of like uh hunter's honor, but still we've seen it more with bass fishing tournaments. People try to cheat all the time. Oh man. They can't help. They can't help themselves. There's a lot of money on the line. Okay. Well, how do we game the system? So you guys rule with an iron fist. Obviously there's a polygraph. What else, what other tools do you implement to make sure that everything's on the up and up? So the, the first step with Quentin and go ahead, Quentin, because he's, he's doing way in the cab. He's got his hands on just a visual look at him. Uh, you know, we will not weigh a wet cat. Uh, you know, I know there's times that it's raining during the contest and, and we take that in consideration, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, if we're weighing all dry cats and all of a sudden we got a wet cat come in, we yeah. absolutely will not weigh it. It's disqualified. And that water we adds a touch. lot of weight to that cat too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one and thing behind, yeah. behind that too, is because if you have a cat that's, that's frozen, the best way to thaw him out. 100% just to soak him in water. And there's a difference between a wet cat and a damp cat. A damp cat, it's been raining, morning dew, whatever. But you, you've you been in the woods for a long time. Have you ever seen a soaping, or just a sopping wet cat of any kind? I mean, uh, typically, they don't like to get wet. <laughs> no, you don't ever see that. I mean, yeah. a house cat, nothing. You, they just don't do it. Um the second thing we do is, I mean, being up there, um, we're actually, well, we all spot going and making sure people qualify, but um, we have a metal detector. We're running over the cats. Um, I had a good friend of ours named Stacy Morris that came down and his grandfather ran calling contests all over New Mexico for years. And he said, man, we put into a lot of the, a lot of the BS by, by temping them. I'm like, well, how do you do that? I mean, this is what, 10 years ago? We started doing that at the 40s. Yeah. Been a long time, but so he shows me that, yeah, you, we take like a meat thermometer, right? And you run it past their last rib up into their body cavity as close as their, their organs as you can, right? And you would be blown away. I mean, somebody asked us, hey, does that work? I'm like, hmm. And after I get a test, several cats laying there, I'm like, huh, did you kill this cat after midnight? Yeah. Did you kill it between about... 12 o'clock and three in the morning. Yeah. How do you know? That? Do you know? Temperatures don't lie. They all drop temperatures. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. And that, that would be extremely hard to beat. Okay. Um, there are, I guess we would say our third line of defense be the polygraph guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's a deterrent in itself. Um, and we have a very serious polygraph man. He's been with us for a long time and uh, he's very, very good. Um, and he's gotten stuff out of people that you would not believe. Um, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, and I can go into that and tell you, but the, the last line of defense is uh, uh, we have a guy that's been a fur buyer for years. And we talked about this, Todd and I, Quentin went through, I mean, who could we call her a biologist or a cat, you know, specialist or a veterinarian. Or, and I was like, you know what? There's no one in the world knows more about dead critters than a fur buyer. Mm-hmm. So we found a guy that he's already at the contest anyway. He doesn't hunt in the contest. Um, he's 100% there on business. And he's a no-nonsense man. And he is he's really good. Um, so this is interesting to me just from the standpoint of, like, people talk about Texas pelt not being worth diddly squat. Like, by the time you skin out a coyote and flush it, you're losing money if you're getting $15 for that pelt. Like, so this guy's actually there looking for – Decent fur. 
Oh, he's freaking awesome. He comes up here. We pay him $100 per animal. We skin all five of the winning cats. He skins them right there in front of everyone. So that right there is a giant deterrent because if you've done something to affect the weight of that cat, it's he's going to get discovered. Yeah. Like, I'm sliding thing past this guy. And one thing we'd really love about him um, on top of the fact that he does a great job for us is his wife. They have Vincent furs. It's uh B I N S O N furs. Um, they have a Facebook page and a website, but, um, so he's maximized these furs they're buying, right? So the fur market, they're always talking about foreign fur markets, you know, and the cats aren't worth this or worth that or foxes or whatever, but he buys critters and they have them all tanned and his wife makes unbelievable stuff out of them. And I bought a pillow and a, a, a red Fox, a head headband, like an ear warmer for my wife at this last contest. I mean, she mm-hmm. makes freaking awesome stuff but it's yeah. been some furs and good christian people and uh she puts what would normally could go to waste to good use and uh she makes all kinds of stuff you gotta go on her website and check it out. The other day. <laughs> what's up? this guy wearing a skunk hat yeah he, skunk hat. he just bought it from what, yeah. uh how often do red fox get shot and do they count as part of your your fox we, we never have counted them like as far as that goes we just um they're not as common, I think. So you used to be out there yeah. where you hunt. I think that they uh, are more around a lot of uh, open farmland. And yeah, um, you don't see as many as you used to. Um, I heard that's because the coyotes are, or yeah. they compete and the red fox just can't really tolerate the coyote as much. I would agree with that statement. I think the coyotes eat them a lot. You see that with a lot of the gray foxes, um, especially out west where there used to be a ton of gray foxes. Now the numbers are back, but you'll still call them up around like uh, old houses, barns, uh, oil field tank batteries, places where they can burrow. Um, yeah. so I think that's their stronghold they, to get away from the coyotes, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. are young. But uh, uh, What about the teams as far as being suppressed? Is everyone that's competing in these things going 100% suppressed these days? Not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all just threw... Quentin under the bus. Yeah, uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Pretty much. We, we finally got him to get one. Yeah, we <laughs> got it yet. He's in the process. He's he's, he's in the ATF uh, network now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see Silencer Central is one of the sponsors there, and I'm sure y'all oh, give away yeah. some suppressors. Silencer Co. And I keep looking back there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Diligent Defense, Silencer Co., Silencer Central. Um, you know what? If, if you like your friends, you should shoot suppress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and everybody has some kind of chair system set up, right? So maybe two guys are looking this way. Well, this guy's just a little bit behind him. It doesn't seem like much until he cranks it off and he doesn't have a suppressor, and then you can't hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've been on the receiving end of that too many times. <laughs> they, uh, I can't tell from these guys all the time because I can't hear, and mm-hmm. it has to do with shooting. And uh, if I go back in time and put on hearing uh, protection when my parents told me to, I'd probably be okay. But, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, suppressors have become a big deal. And I think it's more people have figured out it's easier. And it's a, still a process, but it's mostly just time that you have to put up with. But as far as just getting one, it's not that difficult. And they're, they're nope. very useful. You know, you go to places in Europe and it's a requirement or, you know, even. Well, they won't let you like go to the gun range without one. Yeah, but you could. But the the thing is, the catch is, you could just go to the store and buy it. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. expected, right? Like yeah. here, obviously, it's uh, it's like yeah. worse than having heroin 
Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's you you go to prison forever over yeah. suppression in reality. Um it's a worthless piece of metal without a firearm. So it's, you can walk out of the store at the same day. So. And Hollywood's hoses on that. People think that you could just walk into a movie theater and start shooting. Nobody would ever know. I'm like, oh, that's right. not really worth, but, you know. uh, what about the smallest cat? Is there a payout for that? Yeah. So um, go ahead, Todd. Well, no, that's uh, so we pay out first through fifth place on the big Bobcat, but we weigh every qualified cat we record. Uh, as they come in and uh, diligent dis- defense, uh, they sponsor the 20th place Bobcat. So, I mean, we did a 20th place. Uh, we did it one time last year, maybe twice with 20 pounds. And we thought, well, there's too much room for people tweaking their weights on that, you know, if, if they think they are pretty close. And so we just decided to do 20th place. We always have more than 20 cats qualified. And if we don't, I guess then they don't pay one. But uh it's easy it's easier for you know it to be more random that way mm-hmm. so they'll each person on the team gets a diligent uh defense uh what is it enticer enticer scrs yeah. lcl they're really good suppressor manufacturer yeah. um out of pennsylvania great guy he's been doing that for yeah. two years and and then uh silencer or who does the, oh silencer code silencer, silencer code does the smallest cat uh so we had some small ones this last time. So they, uh, <laughs> the Sonsher Code doing the smallest cat, they, they're they like, okay, we want to do something with the suppressor. So they're giving the entire team with the smallest cat a suppressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Silencer Central, um, they're they're a company that does, they're actually a dealer for all kinds of suppressors. Um, oh, yeah. They're, they're a sponsor of my show. So we've had on Brandon Maddox recently, who's the founder and CEO of Silencer yeah. Central. Yeah. And I've been blown away. They have their act together, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Efficient, for sure. Extremely efficient. I mean, if mm-hmm. anybody ever wondered how easy it was to buy a suppressor, and they're actually dealers for all these other suppressor manufacturers. You're not taking no. anything away from them. They're, these guys do it all online, send your fingerprint cards. Uh, and my son turned 21 this last summer. Um, we had talked to Silencer Central about doing this. It's like, okay, that's perfect. We're going to use them. I want to know how it works. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy. I was like, there's no way. Oh, yeah. Like, but it is simple. And they, they're giving us, uh, we're giving away 20 suppressors from, from them at every contest. And they're been great, man. Really great. Awesome. What is the, what is the best time of year for a big cat? Does their weight fluctuate at all throughout the year? Or is it just, uh, you know, it's a bigger cat and then maybe it just ate recently. I don't know. Yeah, that can change. Um, the breeding season, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff about that. But I would say the breeding season starts mid-December. And I've seen cats still paired up all the way out through mid-April. I know that sounds crazy, but mm. um, typically I want to say that they're going to run through March. But I've seen them paired up through through mid-April. So I think it's just like deer. Um, the longer that rut, for lack of an analogy, goes, uh, runs on, the, the less they're going to weigh because they're chasing other things besides food. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you weighed less in college, didn't you? Oh yeah, significantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we all did. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Um. Okay. What about? Let's see. What else did I have here for you? We talked about the smallest cat. Oh yeah, I think it's important to mention how you can qualify to actually weigh a cat in. Yes. Yes, that Quentin is is good on all that. He's he, go go for it. As, as far as qualifying, 
Mm-hmm. I, I get, you know, you got to get either your five foxes or your five grays to enter your biggest. Or coyotes, game. five foxes five, or five coyotes. Yes. Okay. And, uh, to enter your enter your cat, and you can enter one cat or team uh-huh. team, and that's you know it's up to you to decide. You know, if you kill multiple cats on what you want to weigh, you know, as you bring them to us, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll weigh. Uh, I mean, really, that's that's really about it. You know, just killing your five grays or your five coats. So, is there any type of uh, strategy? Can, like, do people just? Pass on a bobcat? It, probably not, right? Because you're probably still here. You yeah. won't ever see it again. Yeah. 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 I get that all the time. I'm like, well, so we're going to pass on that one. I'm like, then you're probably going to lose. <laughs> most guys got their areas that they know they're going to kill grays in. Uh-huh. They'll try to kill their grays in those areas before they go to their better cat country. Uh-huh. Um, I know that's kind of what, mm-hmm. what we'll do sometimes. Yeah. We've done. <laughs> when was that? Quentin and I, what was that cat? 38 pounds. So we had this deal one, hands down. At about, I don't know, midnight, I was like, hey, there were grays, fox running. I mean, trying to overrun us. And I was like, hey, let's quit shooting foxes. Let's shoot a cat. Because we knew there was some weather coming. So the weather comes. And he and I are up on the rack, right? And it's so cold and the mist. is It's like a heavy mist. It, he spins around, and when I turned with my light, I could see he had ice on the back of his jacket. And I slapped the back of his jacket, and ice fell off. I was like, man, it is cold. Well, we roll up there, and, and we happen to call up a cat, and uh, he's ducking back and forth underneath a big paddy cactus. And he's back and forth, and I can see his ears finally. The last time he ducked, I could see his little ears sticking up above the paddy cactus. So I centered it up, and pow. And it did not sound like I hit him. I jumped down out of the truck, and the two guys in the truck were actually like, you missed him. You missed him. It's like, God, well, I'll go over there. And as I'm walking, I can see him. It's like, well, like, is it, what happened? Which way did he go? You know, I'm like, I don't know. There's nothing over here, but this big son of a gun. Like, oh my God. You know, so we had four foxes in the truck at that point in this huge cat. I'm like, we got it. We won. That was what, two or three in the morning? Yeah, it was about two in the morning. We didn't see another freaking fox all night. <laughs> didn't see another eye. We tried like you would not believe. We couldn't find one. We went back to a fox that we had we had shot, and he had run off. Calling and, people, trying to get on their place to shoot yeah, one fox. <laughs> it was the dangest thing I've ever seen. Like, and it was just like, it just wasn't meant to be. So what's embarrassing is we can't suck it up. We got to go to the contest. Yeah. We really try hard. And so we have to go back to the contest, and they're like, we weighed this cat. And, I mean, it was whipped everything there by seven or eight pounds. Nothing nothing. was even close. And they're like, golly, y'all won it. I'm like, yeah, well, no, not really. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm like, we got four grays. Like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, I wish I was. We've learned lessons like that. So from then on out, we would say, we're going to get five grays, and then we're going to go find a cat. And that's what we would do. And, uh you know, since then we haven't really killed a monster. No. <laughs> Just, well, not mm. on that night anyway. So, yeah. but uh, what was the most? What was the biggest stringer for uh, the most coyotes in this tournament? What was uh, it? Twenty three, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's twenty three. Oh. Now that fluctuates. Twenty, yeah, twenty three. That was a tie. Actually, two teams had twenty three. Yeah. In yeah. a in a how many hour tournament? Twenty three. 
23 hours. Wow. That's impressive. Well, yeah. it's more mostly less than that because people got to travel back. You got to be, I mean, it ends at 11 a.m., but you have to be in at the weigh-in before they check in with us by 11 so you don't get to hunt the full 23 hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are hunting down in the valley. That's a long drive from the, for some of those guys to come to weigh-in and, you know. Yeah. But those guys down there are usually in the running for most cats because they have a lot of cats. They just don't have any big cats down there. And mm -hmm. uh, they That's the guys that uh, won most cats. I think they had eight cats this time. And, mm -hmm. and there, there has been some monsters that came from down there too. But you know what's, uh, what's crazy about it is you'll get – like, for instance, I think the most we cows we ever had come in in this contest was like 63? Is that right? 66, I think. 66. 60 a lot, right? And so you can't ever judge one contest against the other, right? Because the next, the next contest we had, you know what won most cows? Hmm. Four. <laughs> and four. Had, yeah. So I had people calling me like, Tell me four didn't win. I'm like, <laughs> four one. Because we had 12, but we thought those guys came in last month. Yeah. With 60 something. That was last month. Yeah. Every contest standalone. And I have guys that call me like, or to say, well, we want to hunt, but we don't have 42 pound cat. Yeah. Well, nobody does, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't take that. I mean, um, in 29, 28, I mean, we'll get you in the money. Yeah. Um, and, and 30 pound cat, come the way in. Don't ever judge one contest against the other because it's it's a crapshoot. You never know what's going to win. It could you be know? a bad night. Bad yeah. Night. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are well, that bad. and, you know, conditions change from yeah. uh, year to year. Maybe there's less rabbits. It's yeah. Times are harder, so the cats weigh less. Rabbit Drought sign. plays into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's like um, everything. So when is the next tournament? February 18th. Okay. Hey, I need to, I need to say something about the Fox deal because uh, you asked me what earlier what it took to qualify. So, yes, it takes five cows or five fox to qualify your big cat, but we also added a, um, a heaviest fox pot, right? Okay. And that creates a little bit of confusion for people because you have to have five coyotes to weigh your heaviest fox or five fox total. So out of the five fox, you could weigh one of your fox, right? Mm. But you have to have five coyotes and a fox to weigh a heaviest fox that that creates a little bit of confusion but um reason we did that is because everybody not everybody but a lot of teams are shooting their five fox to qualify their cat well hey might as well you know you you can't enter two cats in the heaviest pot but you can and you can enter one of your foxes in in the heaviest fox pot you know mm, so you okay. can both of those if you wanted to um but we didn't say five plus one on the on the to qualify your heavy fox because you know, most people just shoot their five and they may have one heavy one in there. You might as well be able to play it too. Is there yeah. a heavy coyote uh, pot? We haven't added that. Um, we've why, are, why are y'all discriminating against the coyote? What is, why, why are we racist towards coyotes? <laughs> you know, I don't know. We need to add that. Um, we <laughs> talked about, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that in the past, adding a heavy coyote. We just haven't done it. Uh, and uh, we're weird about things. We try not to make as very many changes because, uh, uh, people, I think that's one of the reasons they like the contest is it's consistent, you know, um, mm -hmm. we're consistent. I get people that call me and call Todd and call Quentin all day long. You would not believe the questions we get. It would blow <laughs> your hair back. Mm -hmm. I mean, blow your hair back. But, uh, 
We always you know. joke, th- we never see those guys at weigh-in. No. <laughs> Shouldn't say no. that out loud. but <laughs> Some of the questions are just like, did he really just say that? Can I use cover scent? I've, like, I've got some skunk scent. I want to try to go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, so the next tournament is February 18th. It, I, for some reason, I thought y'all did three. Is that right? Or do you so just... February 18th and March 18th. Those those just okay. happen up on the same same day, different months. But yeah, February 18th, March 18th. You can sign up online. Todd runs all the online registration stuff, and uh, he's got it down to an art. Uh, and thank God. Yeah. Well, so what is the website though? Uh, it's uh, wtbbc.org. Org. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate the time. Y'all check it out. Uh, also, give their Facebook page a follow. It's got a lot of engagement, a lot of great predator hunting stuff on there. So uh, thanks again for the time. And I'm sure we will do this again somewhere on down the line. Cable, thank you. Thank you for appreciate fighting it. a good fight. Keep it up. Appreciate it. All right. Y'all take care. You too. Right, you too. So there they go. Jeremy Harrison, Todd Schwartz, and Quentin Hollick of the WTBBC, the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Uh, please feel free to leave feedback. You can email me any questions or uh, follow-up thoughts. I'm always happy to converse. Uh, Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you have any recommendations for topics or guests that you want me to book, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that front as well. Thanks for tuning in to today's presentation. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith wishing you and yours a great week in the outdoors. I believe there's a place in his heart Cause when the herd needs tending Fences need mending He knows they'll work hard On his great big ranch called life